0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we will be shining a light on staying self-aware with Phyllis Jirogi. Thank you for joining us, Phyllis. Thank you for having me. Of course. Very, very excited to be chatting with you today about this topic. I think this is something easier said than done, but probably critical to living a fulfilling life So before we dive in, do you mind giving a brief introduction to who you are?
1: Yeah, so I'm Phyllis. I'm currently a product manager. This is my first PM role. Started in August, so I was like six or so months ago. And then before that, I was the creative director of Product Buds, which is a community for budding products managers. And currently, I also posted a lot of content on LinkedIn around imposter syndrome, networking, and products management, and then also have side hobbies and creative pursuits as well.
0: Very nice. Thank you for sharing. And what does it mean to you to be self-aware?
1: Yeah, I think for me, being self-aware is you shouldn't be surprised when other people tell you something about yourself. I think that would be the first thing, right? Like if someone's like, hey... Do you know that you do this thing? And I don't mean like small mannerisms. Sometimes you just let those slip, but like large things. Like, do you know that you interrupt people every time that they talk? Mm. You should know that that is happening. Like you should be able to observe your own behavior and be aware of the things that you do in interacting with others, interacting with yourself. How you like move through the world should not be a surprise to you when other people tell you. Obviously, there'll be blind spots every now and again, and there are going to be things that people reveal to you that you're like, wow, I didn't know that before. But generally, just to me, it means that other people's information about you doesn't catch you by surprise. That makes a lot of sense. Does self-awareness
0: have anything to do with just sort of like your inner quarrels and how you think about yourself? Or does it always involve how others think of you?
1: I guess I was including therapist and other people telling you something about yourself shouldn't um, surprise you. So I think that that's when the inner quarrels get encompassed because then when you go to therapy your therapist tells you something you're like yep that's what's going on in my head <laughs> <Instead> <laughs> okay. of like, hey like you have anxiety and you're like me right i've never been anxious in my life <laughs> never, never, never a day A pretty strong discrepancy in perception and self-awareness versus other people giving you information
0: mm-hmm. well, that makes a lot of sense and i think it does take a bit of time and learning repeatedly right about yourself to get to a place of total self-awareness. I actually don't even know if total self-awareness is, is possible. Do you think it's possible?
1: No, I don't think it's possible to be totally self-aware. You're always going to see yourself through yourself. And everyone's perception, even other people's perception, is always skewed. There's always something yeah. that a perception will be missing, no matter who it is. So 100% self-awareness, not really. But I think having like a majority self-awareness level is a good thing to aim for even if you can never get to 100% and I think another reason why you can never get to 100% is because you yourself are not a stagnant thing to be known right like Mm -hmm. it's not like you're a dictionary here all the words in the dictionary and now you know them it's like if you were to be a dictionary there are words forming and definitions changing as you're reading it so there's no point at which you can actually know everything that it says. And there's no point in which you can know everything about yourself because everything about yourself is constantly in flux too.
0: Yes. No, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. And I know you just mentioned that it's sort of impossible to be totally self-aware. It kind of feels like self-awareness might also be linked to how others view you in terms of stereotypes and in terms of like people who don't know you and what they think of you when you, when they first see you. Mm-hmm. So does that relate at all? like being aware of
1: stereotypes that others might think of you? Yeah, I think at that point it kind of just ends, that's like a different type of awareness. I think Uh from what I understand, there's a term for that called the double consciousness, where it's like you're conscious of yourself, but you're also conscious of how other people might perceive you. And I think that that ends up being like its own separate thing from being self-aware. Gotcha. Because it's really about like how you know yourself and who you are to be. Although I think some level of that, I think, I guess if I were to tie them together, the self-awareness piece would be how other people's perception of you might affect you and your behavior rather mm-hmm. than other people's perception of you in and of itself. So for example, let's say it's like you're self-aware and you know that you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> you your own behavior and you're like, haha, I'm hilarious. And then... You might be aware of the fact that culturally your humor might be perceived a certain way and like then you might not be perceived as funny but those are two different things it's like you know that you're funny and then you know how like that might not be perceived in the same way by others and then you can also know how that affects you so it's like you know that you limit the kind of jokes that you say around certain people because of how they'll perceive it so i think mm-hmm. they go together but i don't think they're the same thing okay No, well, thank you for going over that So it seems like a good first step to
0: becoming more self-aware is first acknowledging that you are not completely (laughs) (laughs) self-aware. And so how do I know if I need to improve my self-awareness? Like what if I I think that I'm totally self-aware, but that's just not likely, right? So how do I know I need to improve myself?
1: I think the default is you should always assume that you have to improve your self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard the quote that says, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I would say the same thing applies to self-awareness, <laughs> stay developing your <laughs> self-awareness so that you don't have to like get self-aware in response to something that mm. happens externally. And I would say kind of when you have the default of, I don't know myself, especially given the context that you can never fully 100% know yourself, then mm-hmm. that's a good place to operate from. Is it possible to, to beat people to the punch like, or do you have to hear
0: someone say, do you know you always interrupt folks or how do I go about recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm interrupting this person? Does it just mean take a break
1: between acting on, on everything or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, it definitely takes a lot of energy to like act and also be aware of your actions. So mm-hmm. I can understand why people would be like, "Ah, I'm too tired to be aware on a subconscious <laughs> level. But I would say, yeah, the first step to being self-aware for me is being aware of your own behavior by just, like, observing it and being intentional mm-hmm. about observing it. So something that I, I do is that I literally I track every 15 minutes what I'm doing because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't spend that much time on TikTok. And then, like, when you start tracking it in the spreadsheet, you're like, ooh, I spent two and a half hours on TikTok. And now that I've intentionally set aside the fact that I'm observing my own behavior, or at least this is for external behavior, but the fact that I'm observing my own behavior in this way, no one can surprise me and be like, like Apple can't surprise me and be like, screen time says (laughs) for two and a half hours. So similarly, like, let's say it's the thing about how you interact with others and the fact that you always interrupt. I think it's kind of like, Instead of just talking, it's talking, listening, and then also seeing how you're talking and listening, being like, this is how fast I responded. It's really just a lot of calculations and oh. observations, but it's like, oh, oops, I interrupted this person, or like, hmm, that's, that was a really long, awkward pause that I took to respond to them. Yeah and some people just like move through life doing what they're doing and not taking time to think about how it might be that they're not doing what they think they're doing that they just no- never notice those things so for example i once had a meeting we were in a like a group product meeting at work and then I introduced myself like I had a question I was like oh I have to ask a question and then the person who was presenting was like hey Phyllis like nice to see you and then I was like I immediately went into my question someone who's not self-aware would not even know that they did that but I like immediately knew that I did that because I was like because I try to be aware of my own behavior and then I felt so bad <laughs> I felt so bad I was like oh my god I interrupted I didn't even acknowledge what she was saying I just blasted through to answering the question partially because I wasn't expecting her to say anything I thought I could just ask the question mm-hmm. um And it stressed me out for so long until I went back and I watched the recording. I was like, oh, that was not as bad as I thought it was. So it's kind of just like when you have the intentionality to observe your own behavior as if you're somebody else, honestly. Like, hmm, this is interesting. I do this, this, and this. Then you might start to pick up on things. But without that intentionality, I think it's really hard to be self-aware of what you're doing or saying. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. And I love this last point you said about being very intentional about what you say and do before you do it. I think a lot of people struggle with that. People who don't empathize with the people around them based on like, okay, if I say this, how would this person feel? Or if Mm -hmm. I do this thing, how would this person feel? I think the people that are most self-aware are empathetic folks. This is an assumption I'm making, an assumption. Empathetic folks and overthinkers. That combination (laughs) of people are probably very self-aware. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely say empathy has to do with it because it's kind of like experience yourself as someone who's not you, because if you experience yourself as you, then you'll just not know what you're doing in a way. Mm -hmm. I'll also say, yeah, some level of overthinking, but I also say like you can swing the overthinking pendulum too far in the direction where you're not even self-aware anymore. Like you're, you're overthinking things and like creating a perception of self that isn't the actual reality because you're thinking about it so much rather than just observing the nature of what is truly happening and what you're truly saying and doing what actual reality represents. Mm -hmm. So it's like some level of like, yes, thinking about the experience and observing the experience, but not to the point that you like warp the experience so much that you're no longer even being self-aware and just making up internal stories pretty much. I see, I've definitely done that before.
0: How do you draw the line? How do I think enough about a situation before it just turns into something in my head that really didn't happen? I'm like exaggerating in my own mind now.
1: The human experience is subjective, so t- to some degree there'll there'll never be a truth to what actually happened. Yeah. It's kind of just like a an averaging of what is probably the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the case of this meeting, I had the joy of having it being recorded, so I got to go back and be like, <laughs> Oh, I it was not as bad as I thought it was. Like it was fine. So I got to actually see what happened and make a verdict on that. But I think sometimes it's like vocalizing how you perceive a situation and how you perceive yourself. For example, today I spent all day talking to someone who I've been shying away from talking to because I just feel like I'm super needy and I like have too much to say and whatever. And then I just, you know, I just brought that to the table where it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm observing my own behavior. I'm observing that I like want a lot of things from you and it feels like you can't. Provide those things where you don't want to, and then having that person be like, "No, like you're fine. Like, <laughs> like this is this is not a problem. Like, yes, you need those things, but I don't think it comes off the way that you think it does." So I think having some kind of conversation with people whose perception of the situation you kind of trust to give you some kind of feedback about how it's being received elsewhere is also interesting. But then that's kind of the blurry line of, like, what's happening? What's the difference between being self-aware and being aware of how others perceive you? Because the objective fact is, like, this is how many times I've messaged this person, right? And then there's a subjective thing of, like, does that make me needy? And then that's that becomes more of, like, an art form of deciding yeah. what the truth is around that. I guess, honestly, at that point, that would kind of bring me into the thought process that maybe self awareness varies by context and like you can only be self-aware in like your normal setting and cultural context depending on whether you're trying to be self-aware about the stories of what you're doing or exactly what you're doing so like objective measure i message this person this many times a day i spend this many hours on tiktok but that's not usually i feel like when people talk about being self-aware they're not talking about like quantitative metrics of their own behavior they're talking about qualitative features and then that just because it's qualitative will end up being skewed through a perception, your own background and experiences, and cultural context and social context. So, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to think about how self awareness changes or can be different depending if you put people in different contexts culturally.
0: No, that makes sense. And so now, now you got my mind reeling, I'm wondering this as well. <laughs> But I really like what you said about getting feedback from other people, because even if you're like, oh, man, I interrupted that person and now I feel bad about myself and they probably hate me now because I interrupted them. Probably chatting with that person, they, they either forgot or didn't realize or maybe they did realize and they're like, yeah, that, that wasn't super cool. But I think chatting with the person that you think you impacted is, is helpful. I've been on the other end of that too, where people will reach out to me and say, I think I phrased this poorly or like, I don't think I handled the situation with you very well. And mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way actually to communicate with others. So I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I think there's a very, very blurry line between like what's self-aware and like what happens, what's like subjective between two people and It it can be really hard. Like I'm thinking about a couple weeks ago and see a friend and I like had all my stuff out on their table and they were trying to eat dinner and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm taking up basically the entire table. Let me get my stuff off this table, and put it out, put it away. And they're like, wow, like how self aware of you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the interesting thing is like, yeah, the self aware part is like this objective measure. Like this is the percentage (laughs) of the table that is being covered by my belongings. But then there's like this whole subjective thing that's a lot blurrier where it's like, oh, like, do you take up too much space? Like, what is too much space? Like, are you being inconsiderate? Is this fine? Like, what's going on? So it's kind of just like a dance that I I will say is very cloudy.
0: I want to return back to this interrupting people example for a second. Let's say mm-hmm. I'm an interrupter, self-proclaimed, or I guess others proclaim that I am. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about this. And someone comes to me and they're like hey you interrupt people a lot please stop and I'm shocked and I want to change this about myself now that I am aware of this how do I prevent that from happening in the future what are your thoughts on that just like things you want to change Mm -hmm. and so that you're like completely self-aware about who you are too
1: yeah I think it's hard by just like defining what interrupting is and then like always be measuring yourself against that definition so for example interrupting is someone else is speaking and I've started to speak while they are still speaking. So then always be measuring yourself against that. Like every time you open your mouth, every time that you're about to speak, you're like, hmm, is someone else speaking right now? Ah, yes. Let me wait. Okay. <laughs> and so now that you have this marker of interrupting is me speaking when someone else is already speaking, then it's like, okay, now every time that you speak, Check if someone else is already speaking, and it's like Ooh, that was about to be an interruption. Let me pull back from that, and then kind of going from there, and to the point where it just like you become aware of it. Yeah, you don't need to be checking if somebody else is talking because you know they're talking, so then you don't even want to talk in the first place. But I think even going a step further would be not feeling the need to even wait mm-hmm. when someone else is speaking. Like I think effective listening, really effective listening, comes into play where it's like you're not waiting for someone to stop speaking; you're just listening. And then you speak when they have opened the space for you to do so. So, I mean, that would be like much farther down the roadmap. (laughs) The first step (laughs) is just check if other people are talking. And if they are, do not say something right now. I like that. So essentially, like set up a success metric for that
0: particular piece that you want to improve about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then be very intentional about meeting that every time you have the opportunity to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a saying that says you can't manage what you don't measure. So having some actual measurement for what it is you're like comparing yourself against and then checking for that and continuing to improve over time and then apologizing, I guess, if you feel the need to and you don't.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Another question for you. How does becoming more aware of yourself impact your awareness and observations of
1: other people oh my god i love this i love this so much because being self-aware helps you perceive other people so like so so much in the Mm -hmm. fact that I think, especially when you're judging other people, because if you don't know that you do something, you're gonna have so much judgment to place on other people. Like, oh my God, like, I, can you believe he interrupts every time someone is talking? And yes. you don't even know that you do that every time. Like, <laughs> that's really. a very tough situation to be in. So I think being self aware is so helpful in the fact that it, Allows you to just judge others less because you realize that you're you have your faults, you have your strengths. There's things that you're doing imperfectly. There are things that you could be improved about you. And it, like you said earlier, like it's it becomes a empathy situation where it's like you have much more empathy for those people because you're the same, right. <laughs> the same way. So I think being self-aware is so helpful because it for me I've I've watched it happen in my own life. Like as I've become more self-aware, I've become so much less judgmental because it's like, mm-hmm. what am I judging other people about if I'm doing the exact same thing there's no way I mean there's some people yes. who enjoy like, judging other people despite the fact that they do something and they're like you know they just are fine with being a hypocrite I'm not I'm gonna pull back from judging someone about something especially mm-hmm. if I know that I do it myself so I think that that's one way that it's super helpful and then I would say it's also super helpful because sometimes when we observe other people's behavior we can like bl- yeah we make up stories about why other people act the way they do and like blame them for certain things but if you're self-aware it also allows you to see the responsibility that you play in every situation Mm -hmm. maybe someone is always interrupting you But maybe like on the other side of that coin, you talk so much and you (laughs) never give someone else the opportunity to speak. So they have to interrupt you (laughs) to be able to say something in the first place. So if you're self-aware, it's like just generally not judging people for what they do, if you do it or if you don't do it. But then also realizing how you're playing a part in other people's behavior should fix that instead of just like only being mad at them for the ways that they act and like taking, you know, more ownership in how you move through life and how that affects other people.
0: That was a great example. Great example. And I definitely agree with you in terms of being less judgmental of other people. I feel like in the past like year or so, as I think I have become more self-aware, but time will tell. <laughs> um, as people tell me a the mistake they made, like they're very self-aware and they're like, I know I made this mistake. I'm sorry. I'll just respond like, you know, it's fine. You're, you're human. It's okay. This is something I would do too. So I definitely, definitely agree with you there. And also it can also make you a little bit more forgiving for people's mistakes too. It's Mm -hmm. just like, well, they could have had this other thing happening in their life, especially this year, right? This Mm -hmm. past year, like something else could be happening. So how mad am I really going to get, you know? at this person right now so definitely definitely agree with you i'm glad you brought that up and i I do love that example (laughs) maybe you talk too much maybe you talk too much all right phil's do you have any last words of
1: wisdom for
0: anyone interested in increasing their self-awareness?
1: Oh, wow. I can't believe we're already at the last words of wisdom.
0: (laughs) I know, I know.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, the things that have helped me journaling, like, oh, Lord, journaling is powerful because I will go back and read stuff that I wrote and I'm like, I thought that? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) so That helps increase my self-awareness. Like, let's say I'm like, oh, like, I'm such like a free and fun-loving person and then I like go back and read a, a very angry journal entry, I'm like, you hmm, free and fun-loving. <laughs> because, you know, like we have an identity and the confirmation bias will make us look for the things that we do that fit that identity and then kind of discard everything else. And I think journaling, if you do it consistently, is a record of all of it. Well, I mean, not mm-hmm. all of it. maybe you just refuse to journal about some things, but if you're very honest in your journaling like, going back to read that, even immediately, so, like, sometimes just seeing what you've said, like, it's mm. one thing to have thoughts in your head and just, like, let them flow by, and then to take the time to write something down, and you're like, wow, I think that that's... That's crazy. I think journaling is huge. Meditation, because meditation is very good and it develops the practice of observing things, right? Without having to do anything about them, just observing your own thoughts and then that translating in day-to-day life, being able to observe your own actions. I think that's also super helpful. Something that I love is going for walks or just like creating space for me to think. Because I think when you're just like moving through life back to TikTok it's like TikTok makes you think of something it's very different to just like be in a park or just be going for a walk or just be sitting with no distractions and see what comes up in your own head those are the things that you're thinking about that stress you that are important to you that excite you naturally organically coming up and that helps you make space for the things rattling around in your own mind that you don't even know about like yesterday I went for a walk And I did not expect this to happen. I had no idea this was going to happen. I really thought I was going to go for a walk and like clear my head and think about my work projects. And then I ended up thinking about the fact that I was bullied in elementary school, and that's what I thought about for like an hour. And I was like, "Where is this coming? I didn't even know that these things were still bothering me to that extent to be (laughs) randomly coming into my mind on a Wednesday evening walk." (laughs) So, just making space for your mind to think and be like, "Huh, like these are the things that are on my mind," and I didn't. even know that they were on my mind like this is really important and then like I mentioned I also do the spreadsheet where I track my own behavior so just like observing what I do in a day like actually do in a day instead of like my skewed perceptions of time and actions and maybe that can translate to other things where it's like if let's say you are the person who interrupts people all the time like actually i don't even know like you could start tracking that behavior too it's like today i like let's say you have 6 meetings in a day and then in each of those meetings you track how many times you t- you speak and then you track how many times you speak and someone else is speaking at the same time so i think some level of like self tracking so yeah self tracking making space to think what you think and then also making space to observe what you think in a more concrete way through meditation and journaling are super helpful. And then just spend time with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to be self aware if you're always being influenced by other people. You know, it's easy to fall into group groupthink. Like you hang out with a bunch of people that think a certain thing is funny and you always laugh at it. And you won't know until you kind of just step away from that for a long time. Be like, I don't even think that's funny. <laughs> I just laugh every <laughs> time because they're laughing. So if you spend more time with yourself, you can kind of get to know yourself, right? That, that's how you get to know people. I and mean, I think that applies to you too.
0: Thank you very much for this. That whole list you just said, I I need to do more. (laughs) I know this. So thank you for sharing that. And I think the common theme among everything you just said was actually stepping away from work, or whatever work means to you, and spending time with yourself. So thank you for all those examples. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us to the end. Thank you for joining us. It was great
1: chatting with you, as always oh yeah this was a great conversation i absolutely love this time flew by (laughs) there's so so much more that could be said i really like (laughs) your questions and the way that you're thinking about things so i'm glad we got to talk about it yes me too
0: to anyone tuning in thank you for joining us as always at opal we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time